Hello, friends. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. If you haven't had a chance to go stream the Beskar and Not One Truth Riddle of Steel split, I highly suggest you hit pause and go do that. Both bands are awesome, and I hope you're enjoying it. Today, FYA Fest starts. Pre-show is going down. Shout out to Florida Mind. Know the score, the banner, Vamakara, Momentum, Missing Link, Risk, Exit Strategy, and Domain. So much awesome stuff happening this weekend. Hope all of you stay safe. Statement of Pride out of the ashes on Youngblood Records. Do yourself a favor, get in tune. If you're not listening to the From Within Records podcast, I highly suggest you go boot up your Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, whatever, and subscribe to their podcast. I love what they're doing. It's awesome. And if you're not following From Within Records on social media, please boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. If you're looking for high quality merch for your band, for your business, please go hit up my friends over at Good Fortune Printing out of Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. You can follow them on Instagram at Good Fortune Printing. And if you want to get in contact with them, please email them contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. January 28th at Off Broadway in St. Louis. There will be a memorial show for Blake Fowler, a good friend. I'm flying out to St. Louis. I've never been to St. Louis, but I'm flying out for this memorial show. And I miss Blake, and I really hope all of you who are able to make it travel safe, has a good time. This is all for Blake. I want to uh, just send out my love to all of his friends and family. It's a bittersweet thing. I'm going to be able to see Time and Pressure for the first time. Um, I'm going to be able to meet a lot of my friends that I've developed relationships with over the internet for the first time. So it's going to be a really bittersweet trip. But please, for anyone who can make it uh, for the memorial show for Blake on the 28th, it's going to be Time and Pressure, Chemical Fix, Prevention, Direct Measure, and Squint. It's going to be a good time. I'm going to try to make the like the most and the best out of that weekend. First time in St. Louis. It's going to be really awesome. And I truly thank you, Drew, for being able to uh, let me stay with you. And I'm looking forward to helping you move. But on today's episode, we had a track down our good friend Drew Maxey. The singer of Time and Pressure had to talk about Black Adam, a very interesting movie. And it was fun to hear his perspective on it because he is really critical and he knows a lot more about DC than I do. So I love being able to pick his brain and hear his perspective. And we also get into all the other DC stuff that's going on, which is a lot for anyone who is paying attention. And it's really interesting, too, because I have been wanting DC to be more successful than they've been as of late. So maybe with this new reset that James Gunn and his buddy Peter are doing will breathe a new life into the DCU. But please, for anyone who has not heard of Time and Pressure, they put out a record two years ago at this point, which sounds crazy to say because we're in 2023. But two years ago, they put out a record titled Halfway Down, and it's one of the best hardcore records. So please do yourself a favor, hit pause, go boot up your 
Apple Music, Tidal, Bandcamp, Spotify, whatever, and go stream halfway down. Come out to the show on the 28th. It's going to be fun. But please, strap in, enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Drew Maxey to the show. to the podcast drew how's it going uh i'm i'm all right man how are you i'm doing good i'm uh, stoked to have you back on the podcast uh i know we last met when the batman came out and i 100 wanted to have you back on when black adam dropped but for some reason i just uh, put it put it off and i was like god i was like i hope drew doesn't think i'm just not into uh, you know, wanting to do this with him, but um, obviously I reached out again. Uh, this has always been on my mind, and I eventually watched the Black Adam. So I'm, uh, you know, that's the main reason why I reached out to you. Uh, but I'm happy that you were willing and wanting to come back on the podcast. Yeah. So like we, uh, I, 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 I think we talked about talk. We we talked about getting together to talk about Aquaman, right? Mm-hmm. But. Then they like switched the schedule and 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 Black Adam came out first. And now Aquaman is coming out like December of this year or something, I think. Yeah, or, or scheduled. I, I don't know. I don't remember exactly when it's supposed to come out now. But uh, yeah, so and then and then Aqu- or, uh, Black Adam came out and it was um, just a terrible movie. Uh and 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 yeah, and that was it. I w- I did some other podcasts uh, to to talk about how bad Black Adam was. So okay, I, and I, I want to hear your opinion on it because I uh, saw the uh, you know low reviews and it not being this smash success that it was slated to be, right? Because the Rock was so pumped to be Black Adam, he's supposed to pump new life into this uh, DC universe, which I was happy for, uh, but. Uh, when I watched it, I, I was kind of puzzled because it wasn't as bad as I had heard it was. But at the same time, there's a lot of things where I was like, okay, this is like kind of cheesy. Uh, and I could understand why people didn't like it as much. But I, I've i heard a lot of people say it's not as bad as I heard that it was. Mm-hmm. I think it's worse than people say it is. I think it is genuinely a worse movie than the than the consensus thinks. Because the consensus sort of that that I've seen is like, Oh, like it's just not up to par with the superhero movie we're used to, but like it's still fun and it's still it's still like okay. I've seen a lot of people be like, ah, it's a pretty mid movie. It's not even that. It's just bad. I think it's awful. I think it is one of the worst movies I have ever seen in my entire life. And a lot of that is probably just because it has all the pieces to be good, mm-hmm. but they just don't do anything with it. And and I think I think when you have all the pieces and you make something crappy, uh, that's worse than if you don't have the pieces and you make something that's not very good. You know, um, the 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 script feels like it was written in a month 
in one draft and they didn't ever revise it. Um, there are very obvious story elements that could have made it more interesting that they just don't talk about. The actors are almost all bad. Uh, it's just, I think that it is just a bad movie. And, and I've seen some people make the claim, well, you know, it sucks, but at least it's fun to watch. I didn't think it was fun at all. I thought it was boring. I thought it was an incredibly boring superhero movie that was trying so hard to be a really fun superhero movie, which to me is worse than just making something that's boring on purpose. <laughs> and places that I felt like they went wrong with uh, Black Adam being a, a newer character to this universe, a lot of people may not be familiar with who this superhero is. Do you think they should have He's made- not a hero. That's uh, the thing. He's true. not a superhero. Mm -hmm. Like- he shouldn't be treated like he's going to be a superhero. Granted, you know, when you adapt things, you can make changes. I'm totally for changing something if, if you know, when you're, when you're adapting. I'm totally for making changes. But I think that, like, taking a character who is usually a villain and making their first foray into it, like, oh, we're going to make him heroic in some way. D just doesn't work especially when the movie is making it so clear that they're like he's not interested in being a hero but we need a hero so we have to give him like the face turn but they don't give him that you got to show him being a villain to give somebody a face turn you can't just show them being indifferent and then make them like oh, i guess i'll help yeah and th that was one thing where he obviously the, the whole movie he's like walking that fine line and with the justice society trying to uh you know let him know that he's like what he's doing is wrong and that you know he, he should be handling the situation differently because he, he's just uh, obviously straight just wanting to murder everybody uh, and not wanting to reason and, and listen yeah and and that you brought up the justice society one of my biggest complaints about black adam is that they had three characters in this movie who in the comics knew each other in, 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 you know, when they were like many thousands of years ago, they all knew each other. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you have to make the, the movie. I'm not saying the film adaptation has to stick to the exact history as the comics. What I am saying though, is that, Having three characters who are completely unrelated is nowhere near as interesting as having three characters, three characters, those same three characters, like have their pasts tied to each other. And it was so easy and they could have done it just by like referencing the source material. And they didn't at all. The characters I'm talking about are Black Adam, uh, Dr. Fate and Hawkman. Hawkman is the most interesting one of the bunch from a, a, a literary perspective, because Hawkman, I don't know how much you know about Hawkman, but uh, uh, the short version of his, his uh, history, because there is a very long history there, but the short version is that uh, uh, Hawkman is um, consistently uh, uh, reincarnated so he dies and then he will come back as some somebody else. Um, and so like there's a version of Hawkman where he was uh, a pharaoh in uh, uh, 
uh, ancient Egypt around the same time that this stuff was happening with Black Adam and, you know, his son and being enslaved. Like he would have been there and he he probably would. They could have very easily made him related to the reason why Black Adam's son died. And then like he dies, he gets reincarnated as this alien on another planet called Thanagar. And uh, he fight he you know, he's in a war there. And he's this big war hero and then he dies and then he gets reincarnated again as this geologist on earth. Uh, You know, like it would have been so interesting to have black Adam realize midway through the movie that uh, this justice league guy, basically this cop who's coming in uh, not to keep the peace or not, not to stop intergang the, the capitalist paramilitary organization that's there fucking everybody up. Uh, they're there just to stop Black Adam from destroying everybody's property. So he is essentially a cop. Mm-hmm. Ha- it would have been so interesting to have Black Adam realize, hey, wait a second, you're responsible for this. And suddenly the conflict is very different. You know, like maybe it wasn't this version of Hawkman. It was a different version of Hawkman, but it's still him nonetheless. And then you could have Dr. Fate be the one that bridges the gap between the two of them because the helmet of Naboo uh, uh, would have been, you know, uh, uh, relate like consistent through, through each timeline. I just don't, I, it was all there. They could have done something interesting and they didn't. And I, I, I just think that that is, it, it, it was just so I don't want to use the word lazy because even bad filmmaking is hard work, but it, it was, it was right there, you know? And I'm just curious. Do you think maybe if this film had a better setup, right? Cause there's a lot of new characters for everyone to try to, uh, you know, figure out for right from jump. And then this kind of reminds me of uh, Batman vs Superman, how they just kind of uh, threw in. Obviously, everybody knows Batman, everybody knows Superman. But when they tried to introduce everyone else from the Justice League, that just seemed a little rushed. Do you think maybe this film would have benefited if there was maybe a couple movies before to set this up, like leading into it? I don't think that it's that it's really necessary. I think that if you're just if if your writing is good, you can introduce five new superpowered characters and and do it well you can do that but they just i don't they weren't interested in that um they were interested in making the rock look cool and i think they failed at that i just didn't like his character if i'm being honest in the movie it it just i was just kind of waiting for like any kind of moment for me to be stoked on black adam but i didn't yeah i mean black adam is a great character um he you can use black adam to tell a really like interesting story about like the difference between democracy and essentially a theocracy because he's you know he is he's myth he's based in myth with it which is essentially religion mm-hmm. um you know it, it, this theocratic dictatorship and um what actually is freedom and you know if he rules over everybody, but he allows them to go about their regular business all the time, is that really freedom or is that like a monarchy? You know, like those are things that you can touch on. And and then they're, they even like kind of 
creep their fingers into like an, a message about imperialism because intergang is there. And like I said, intergang is like a, a in this version anyway, intergang in the comics is usually a group of supervillains who fight Superman. But uh, in this version, you know, they were like a paramilitary group working for uh, a, a multinational corporation, which like that's, that's an interesting thing to talk about in a superhero movie, but it was just background. It was just wallpaper. There wasn't anything after a while. Intergang wasn't even part of the story. It was just kind of, Hey, we're going to say something to get people who know that name to recognize it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was a bad movie. Wasn't, wasn't good. Were there any parts of the movie that you enjoyed? Anything that caught your eye? Mm Mm-mm. Nope. Maybe Henry Winkler. Okay. That's it. I mean, like, like there was nothing, there was no part of the movie that I thought was it even fun. I mean, I, I went, I went in expecting this movie's probably going to be bad, but at least there'll be some fun stuff in it. And I didn't find anything. I mean, it, it, I, I got a good chuckle out of the kid who, they insisted on they insisted on having this kid ride a skateboard mm-hmm. throughout the movie when like 80% of the locations had stairs and i think that that's the sheer corporate ca- carelessness of that because it's clearly just like a, a a suit somewhere being like you know what kids like skateboards and then not realizing that that's completely uh, antithetical to the location that they've decided to shoot in and the sets that they've built. But so you have this kid who will lay down a skateboard and ride on it for a couple seconds, not even a couple seconds, like less than a second, and then have to pick it up again, walk down some stairs and then do it o- uh, over and over again in, uh, in, in a hallway, mm. like in, in a, a stairwell in an apartment building. Yeah, th- there were times where I was like, I'm going to ditch the skateboard if this is, you know, a life or death. I-, I don't need this to get around. This is like a hindrance, especially in a situation where, like, the kid was supposed to be quiet and skateboards are not quiet. Mm-hmm. It's just it was so ridiculously silly. OK, um, well, and is it a crime that they didn't include, like, any like uh, Shazam in the movie? I mean, I don't think it's a I wouldn't say that it's a crime like that, you know, it, it, it if anything, like it saved those characters. I mean, you got Jiman Hansu as the as the wizard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the one connection. But. Yeah, I mean, Zachary Levi probably did himself a favor. I mean, I, I it wasn't even his choice. You know, they mm-hmm. the rock made it clear that he wasn't interested in connecting him to Shazam, which is black Adam is a Shazam villain. Yeah. Th- th- I just thought that was so stupid just because uh, Shazam, uh, Shazam was so successful. I, I thought it would be like a no brainer to want to be tied to something like that. Cause when you think about the vast landscape of these DC movies, not a lot of them are as successful. Yeah. Made sense to me. I don't know why they wouldn't do it, but in, in the end, it's probably better for that brand <clears throat> to not be related to uh, uh, Black Adam. Yeah, and, and it sucks too because I 
I like DC and, and I want to see them be successful, but with like the, the buildup and the, the hype leading up to black Adam, I was just like, okay, cool. Maybe they, they'll have another one, but you know, hindsight is like, yeah, this one wasn't anywhere near as good as it was supposed to be. As soon as the movie finished, I knew that there was going to be, it wasn't, there wasn't going to be another one. I, I knew it. I just knew that there was no way that this movie was going to be successful enough to warrant a sequel. Oh, so it's you don't think they'll they'll touch Black Adam again? No, not at all. Interesting, because obviously, for anyone who's paying attention to this stuff with uh, James Gunn uh, taking over and kind of heading this, uh, you know, new DC universe and kind of um, hitting a, re- a reset button and getting rid of a lot of projects, and obviously the big one that people were were not too happy about was uh, you know an- announcing that he's going to get a new Superman. And with the post credit scene of Black Adam, th- that was kind of surprising. Yeah, I mean, I know that they're it, it, it seems like they're very um, they're they're dead set on like separating themselves from the Snyder continuity as much as they can, mm-hmm. um, which is probably a good thing. I don't think that they're I don't think that they're doing that because they're like, Oh, those movies were bad. You know, we got to make good movies now. I think it's more so just like from a continuity perspective, like what is connected to those movies and what isn't anymore. It's so hard to say. Um, and and you know they want to connect everything. So, and I am kind of confused at how not everything is getting wiped. Because from my mind, I'm like, okay, if he's doing like a, a reset, like, wouldn't it be easier just to start from scratch? Just kind of put a big presser out there. Hey, I'm the head of this now, uh, and we're you know starting over. This is uh, obviously some things are successful, some things weren't. Um, our apologies. We're here to kind of correct course and uh, kind of show the true potential of, of DC. Because I, I feel like a lot of these movies that were bad could have been great but i just don't you know obviously with, with all the suits and people behind it they just ruin things uh and it's, it's that's just the direction that i would have wanted to go in and maybe cut ties with like and it sucks because I, I love the batman we talked about it and then movies like the joker it's like is it like i think it's a little strange to have like these other things out there as well when uh you want to create this thing that is all connected I, i'd want to just get rid of everything well yeah um I don't know. I'm I'm glad that they're sticking. I'm glad that they're keeping like the Matt Reeves stuff because you know the that that Batman was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I I if they had scrapped the Joker sequel, I think I would have been fine with that. Um, you know that first movie is uh, I think it's good, but it's clearly not better than the sum of its parts. Because um, like all the Scorsese movies that it's kind of, you know, taking inspiration from are, are better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the Joker's fine. I'll, I'll go see a second one. I've watched that movie since I saw it in theater and, and I still think that it is pretty good. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get it. DC, um, unfortunately kind of dropped the ball getting to multiverse stuff before Marvel did. Cause now it's going to, it's always going to look like to the casual film audience that uh, they're ripping off Marvel. If they do anything with the multiverse. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, the multiverse is DC's thing. 
Yeah, for people who aren't informed. Yeah, like they they came up with that at least, you know, not the not that they like made up the idea of the multiverse, but they were the first uh comic universe to recognize the existence of multiple universes. And uh uh, you know, I think that in with that in consideration, like technically everything is connected. Every single movie that they've ever made is going to be connected. And every TV show they've ever made is going to be connected. Um, if it uses any of those characters. Uh, but so that I think that's, I think that technically is okay for them to keep those kind of other separate things. They might, um, you know, in the comics, they have uh, an imprint called DC Black Label. Um, they might, you know, make that use that terminology for movies. Like the Batman is a black label movie. Joker is a black label movie. The Ta-Nehisi Coates uh, Superman, which they have never said is canceled. I mean, as far as we know, that's still in production. Uh, you know, that's a black label Superman movie, but then they have their mainline universe, you know, um, that's possible. Who knows? Uh, in the end, I, I just want to see good media. I don't I just don't care if it, you know, if they want to connect it. Cool. If it's not whatever, it doesn't matter to me if it's bad anyway. Yeah, I just feel it should make well, it, it makes sense to want to connect everything. Right? I feel like that would make everything cooler because obviously potential crossovers, uh, just even just a, just a cameo would get me so excited. Uh, yeah, but obviously, I mean, it is, oh, go ahead. It, it, from from a business perspective, yeah, it, it it is a it is a cool idea. Um, but you know, from me as a as a fan of these movies, like I've said it before, and I will say it again. At this point, if you just stopped making comic book movies, like like movies based on superheroes, movies adapting other comic books, I'd be fine. I I have you know, as a comic reader, I have decades of stories that I can read for the first time and revisit. And I don't need a, a movie version of it. I would agree because being a longtime comic book fan, I never thought we would have as much as we do today. And especially yeah. with the, the, the quality of some of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have this, I have this problem um, and it may just be a semantic problem, but uh, I get, um, a little like I look at people side eyed when they read a comic book and their first thing is, ah, oh, this would make a good movie. Um, it doesn't need to make a good movie. You know, like to me, that sounds like somebody saying, man, if they turned this into something else, it would legitimize this art form. And uh, I hate that because that that to me would be like hearing, uh, you know, like if you hear, um, I don't know, a hardcore song. You hear the new, uh, you hear the new combust record and you go, man, these lyrics would make a great pop song. That's the same thing to me. And, and how incredibly offensive would that be to like the dudes from combust? If you told them this would be great if it was something else. No, I, I 100% agree. And I, I, and it's, yeah, I mean, it, it, it sounds like people are just people get defensive when I say that because they, to them, they're not saying, you know, Oh, it legitimizes the art form or we're going to take this thing and like make it better because more people are going to see a movie than read a comic. 
that's true. More people are probably going to see a movie than read a comic. And maybe there are a lot of people who are going to read the comic because they saw the movie. But that's never the movie's goal. The movie's goal is never to get somebody to read a comic. Their goal is always to get people to see that movie. Mm-hmm. And especially whenever you when you consider like they they will tell you people who make movies will tell you day in and day out we're making this for the fans they're not they are never (laughs) never never. even if they make like like the the new batman movie we can talk about that again because as a batman fan i loved that movie i thought that it was a great interpretation of batman and you know his side characters the city like all of that was great but Matt Reeves did not make that movie with me in mind, no matter what he says. He made that movie knowing that I, as a Batman fan, am going to go see it anyway. So he didn't have to appeal to me. He had to appeal to people who've never who, who don't care about Batman or people who see movies. Because he just wanted like, that's your audience. Your audience is somebody who may may not go see this and. 99 is a made up number, but you know, 90, 85, 90% of fans are going to go see that property anyway. So they're not making the movie for you, even no matter how much they tell you they are. No, I 100% agree because if you look at uh, how much depth the character has, like these movies don't even scratch the surface. Like there's so many like untapped, like side characters, villains, uh, lore, um, yeah. And and part of what makes part of what makes comics good, not superhero comics, but any comic in general, part of what makes it good and interesting is the way that like the way that your uh, your brain is stimulated by reading text attached to a still image. Like the way that your brain is stimulated when you read those words and you look at that one picture and then you look at the next picture and you look at the next picture and then finally you have the whole page. Because, I mean, reading a comic is basically you look at one page, then you look at the details of that page and then you look at the page again with the like filling in the blanks. Now, you know, the context of what's going on on that page Mm -hmm. and that's stimulating your brain in a different way, not a lesser and not a better way than film because film is in motion and film has sound and film has, you know, uh, uh, editing and, and all of these different things that make film good, but very rarely can you, can you take from one and put it in the other medium. You can't take a comic and put it in film without completely altering what made the comic good in the first place. And I'm not talking plot. I'm not talking anything like that. I'm just talking about craft. What makes comics interesting cannot be applied to film because they are two totally different media. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I, I say that as somebody I like, adaptations i like comic book like adaptations into film um i'm not saying that they're bad 
just because they're an adaptation. I'm just saying they are different and we have to recognize that they're different. And right now, with the exception of a movie like the Batman or uh, even, you know, Nolan's Dark Knight stuff, people, filmmakers are just taking concepts from comics, putting them on the screen and making it into a movie. They're not playing to the strengths of the film medium. And that's why like a lot of the a lot of the Marvel movies, which, again, are movies I like, but they look the same. Every single one of those movies, with the exception of a couple, look pretty much the same because they're more interested in just delivering the story visually instead of making a movie, you know, out of like the the parts that make movies good. It is an interesting side to uh, this like whole world uh, of superheroes. And I'm surprised that Marvel has been able to do it so well for so long. Obviously, they've had some misses, in my opinion. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're not perfect. They've got between the, the movies and the TV shows, they have like, what, 40 something total, total like pieces of media. Yeah they're not going to be winners every time it's true but it, and it is uh obviously it's, it's nothing new when comparing dc to marvel right it happens in the comic book world all the time yeah for sure mm-hmm. and it, it does suck when because uh, i love both uh, this thing oh is it marvel or dc it's like whatever like, i don't care i like both i'm not like yeah, you know, that's, have to- that's it the whole you have to like one or the other is is dumb it's true. It's it's a very when people say that, I assume they either are a child or they just got into it and they're they haven't figured out how to not make this fake fight their whole personality. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and that's like a conversation I don't even want to have just because it doesn't make doesn't make any sense to me because it's like no, all right, it's, it's, you, it's dumb. Yeah, it, it's it's stupid. But uh, going forward, uh, do you have any like? hope or do you even care what happens to this uh, I, universe? I think that James Gunn is a cool, it makes good movies. Um, I've liked his guardians movies. Uh, I liked his Dawn of the dead. Um, I liked peacemaker quite a bit. Peacemaker uh, was one of my favorite shows of the whole year mm-hmm. uh, this last year. Um, so like, I think he's capable. Um, I, what I really want to see I'm going to deviate from the question a little bit, but what I really want to see is James Gunn uh, and, and, you know, Peter Safran, who's the other, uh, his partner in all this. Mm -hmm. I want to see them take a very distinct turn from what Marvel does and let filmmakers make movie, make the movies they want to make. So like have a Superman movie that might be connected to a justice league movie but is very much that director's movie because that to me is going to immediately separate them. Cause the biggest criticism of the Marvel movies so far is that they're just like, they are all the same mm-hmm. from a, from a visual standpoint, like n- nothing is letting them like kind of be separate from each other, um, which f- from a business perspective, 
that makes sense. You want to establish that brand and keep it all together. I get that. I totally understand. But, you know, like when, uh, <laughs> when I go see like a movie like Black Panther, who was made by Ryan Coogler, who I know about Ryan Coogler because he made the movie Creed. And I went to see Creed and immediately was just like, I will see every movie this guy directs because of his directing style. And there are snippets of it in Black Panther for sure. Uh, you know, Coogler likes to use these long takes to make the action really feel not just real, but like impactful. Um, and there's that like undercover sequence where they have the fight in uh, uh, I think it's in Shanghai um in uh, in Black Panther and like mm -hmm. Koye, Nakia and uh and and T'Challa are all in that like underground casino. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that fight is in <laughs> one long take. It's very cool. But a lot of the rest of that movie just kind of looks like a lot of the other Marvel movies. Uh the biggest the only real exception to that I think has been um uh multiverse of madness which feels very much like a sam raimi movie a lot of the time and while it's not anywhere near my favorite of the marvel movies i did really like that you had a director putting their own signature on it in ways that were like recognizable by uh uh i mean I, as a person who's seen some of sam raimi's movies i haven't seen all of them but i've seen some of them I could pinpoint, oh, that's a Sam Raimi thing. Mm -hmm. He that's that's his, you know, his his fingerprints on this movie. I can't always do that with uh, uh, some like even like a movie that I really like, like Thor Ragnarok. I don't know the visual. The, the, the visual signatures that Taika Waititi put into that movie. I've seen his other movies and I love a lot of his other movies, mm -hmm. but a movie like Jojo rabbit is shot very distinctly. Like there are things in Jojo rabbit that I can point to and say, Oh, that's Taika Waititi doing that. I can't do that in Thor Ragnarok. I'm not the biggest fan of those movies. If I'm being honest of what, uh, Thor. Thor movies? Yeah, the Thor movies. Uh, I didn't I didn't like Love and Thunder very much, um, which was a bummer for me because I, I really do like Taika Waititi a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Ragnarok to me is the best one out of the bunch. But going going to I Love and Thunder, I was just like, what happened here? This is a little strange. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Um, it's possible that like. I don't know, COVID restrictions really uh, uh, put a damper on filming it. I, I really don't know. Um, mm -hmm. but it's, it's very clearly like not as good as, as Ragnarok, but Hey, again, they can't all be winners. That That is true. But is and, it... and Go ahead. this kind of answers, you know, gets back to your, the original question. Wow. We got onto this whole rant of mine, which you asked, is there any hope or do I care? I don't care that, love and thunder wasn't very good like just don't um i've seen like you know i i do like comic stuff on tiktok so like my for you page is full of people talking about comic movies and stuff like that i've seen a lot of people who were like angry like it affected their mood 
mm-hmm. that Love and Thunder wasn't very good. And I'm just like, whatever. I paid some money. What did I do? I wait uh, like I I a couple hours out of out of my night were not good. Whatever. If and if that's what happens with uh James Gunn's, you know, new era of the DC universe, whatever. Like they'll make some bad movies. Some of them will be some of them will be better than the others. Most of them will probably make some money. And then they'll stop and do something else, I guess. I don't know. I'm yeah, I'm just kind of on the fence. I'm hoping for uh, like more success for DC because obviously they've had some. uh, But with the four movies that they do have scheduled for 2023, um, you know, the the only one, in my opinion, that might be questionable is Blue Beetle, because that's probably the one that we know the least about. Um, But other than that, uh, with Shazam, The Flash and Aquaman, they should be fine because uh, obviously Aquaman has had success before. Same thing with Shazam, uh, probably the best out of the bunch. Um, and I'm just curious about the flash, which is the one that I'm most for- looking forward to next year or excuse me this year. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, controversies aside, um, cause that's a whole other conversation that I, frankly, I, I don't even really care to talk about at all with the flash, mm-hmm. but like, um, I think that, once the flash comes out, they're going to start saying more about like being a little bit more open and clear about what the uh, trajectory of everything is. Cause the movie clearly has something to do with multiverses and, and, you know, stuff like that. And um, it's supposedly an adaptation of flashpoint and flashpoint, like uh, famously, did a big reset of the DC universe and the comics anyway. So like, it's probably what they were planning to do. Um, so I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, definitely looking forward to it. And, and I am surprised too, like you mentioned earlier with Aquaman for them to have kind of reshuffled the deck and like move the release date so far back. I'm not sure if it has to do with, some of the controversy surrounding uh, like some of the actors and actresses in that film or what was the reasoning. But I, I do find it very surprising that it got pushed to the end of the year when by now it should have already been out. Yeah. I mean, it's just weird business stuff. I don't know what's going on. Um, I, you know, again, uh, as long as, as long as it, as long as it makes the result of it is that it's like makes it makes something that I think is quality. That's all it is. And if it sucks, it sucks, you know, like whatever it is, what it is. Yeah. Um, at, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised, but I still am just hopeful because, uh, you know, uh, worst case scenario, like we've already experienced like, you know, shit not delivering, but best case scenario, it's like, okay, cool. Like we're blown away. We're finally seeing uh, the real potential of these characters and what they can you know, be in these movies. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to sound like a broken record. You know, the, the, there's, if you, if you care about these characters at all, if they're interesting to you, there are decades of comics that you can read um, to find out like what their, you know, their potential is. And there are stories that, 
are outside of continuity. So it could be like any kind of exploration of the character. Um, if you're interested in a heartfelt Superman, you know, who like challenges corporate greed and stands up for the little guy. That's th those stories exist. If you're interested in a Superman, I, I mean, personally, I don't know why you would be, but if you're interested in a Superman who, you know, wants to go out and murder everybody, those stories exist too. Mm -hmm. So like it, it's, it's all there. These movies aren't plot wise, aren't going to come up with anything new that we haven't seen somewhere before. Um, they just may come up with different ways of telling those stories, which to me is what they should be focusing on anyway. They should be focusing on how to interestingly tell a story through the combination of audio and video. That's it. All right. I definitely agree with that statement, but I, I want to switch gears uh, recently. Yeah. Uh, but we got to talk about the big thing. This is, this is, this is the, I, 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 I hope we're on the same page. Uh, more recently announced DC's Justice League Cosmic Chaos. You had a, a hand in this video game, which I've heard about for a long time behind the scenes. Obviously, I, I, nothing I, I could have said publicly back then, but now that it's no, officially announced, it was, all, it was all a secret. <laughs> now that it's officially announced, uh, can you uh, let everyone know um, your exact role in, in this game? Which to me, to me looks fun. I, I'm looking forward to this. I have it on my wish list on Steam. So as soon as it comes out in a couple of months, I will be purchasing it. Yeah. So uh, first of all, we were not on the same page. I, I thought we were shifting gears to something totally different, but that's OK. okay. Um, uh, so, yeah, uh, Justice League Cosmic Chaos uh, is a uh, it's a it's a kids Justice League game um, that uh, I was approached by um, friends. Uh, I, you know, I, I think uh, I think somebody, you know, too, um, Bren from Chemical Fix. Mm -hmm. um who's the, he's the vocalist of chemical fix um he is the art director at this uh uh small development company in philadelphia uh called phl collective and he uh they got a license to do a justice league game um they came up with an idea they pitched it to warner brothers warner brothers approved their pitch and approved their idea and then when they had a conversation with like, okay, what are we going to do about writing the story and the dialogue and stuff? Um, they kind of looked around and were just like, who here knows a lot about the justice league. And I guess there wasn't anybody. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, Bren having gotten to know me through like our bands touring together. Um, he, uh, uh, he came to me and was kind of just like, I got this idea. I want to see if you're into it. Um, and they initially pitched it as uh, like a story consultant, like, hey, we're going to write this. We just need somebody to kind of overlook the script and make sure that like it seems like, a you know, a version of these characters that isn't too far from whatever and can make sure that like, uh, uh, you know, the, the style matches what we're going for and and, you know, all this stuff. And uh, in the middle of the meeting, they kind of were just like, hey, how would you feel about kind of just being the writer of it? Like just leading, writing the whole thing. And I turned it down at first because I was just like, you know, like, I have my full time job. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm a teacher and that like 
I have consistent hours in the classroom, but that doesn't mean that like, I'm going to have free time every day mm. to, you know, go home from work and, and, and have some, you know, write something. Um, but they did, uh, they did basically talk me into it. Um, and, and yeah, uh, for a good period of time, um, I was the only writer on, uh, on the game. Eventually they did bring in some other people. Uh, there were two other people, um, to kind of like, uh, work on a few things. Um, but like my, I, I, my, the script is a lot of me. It's mostly my writing. There are some things that aren't me mm -hmm. um, that, you know, were some other writers. But for the most part, uh, it, it's all my story. Um, I, I, I actually changed the story from their pitch originally because um, Warner Brothers said something along the lines of like, you know, now that we have we're reading it a little bit more, we feel like it could be different. And um i had an idea and i just ran with it and and they i guess they liked it um either that or they didn't say anything but it seems like they did because it made it into the whole game so uh but yeah um i i i wrote a video game that's what i did and to me the I, i'm just kind of curious about your like thought process when you, your approach to write a video game have you ever done anything like this before in your life I mean, no. <laughs> and that's another reason why I turned it down. I was just like, dude, I can't write anything long form. Like I write short stuff and, and, and you know, but uh, again, they, they kind of talked me into it. They basically just said like, we'll, we'll be there. We'll make sure that you're doing what you need to do and that it's getting done and, and whatever. And yeah, uh, for the most part they did. And start to finish um, from uh, you taking on that lead role to it being finished. How long did that take? Uh, it was about a year and a couple months. Um, I started working on it in March of 20, uh, 2021. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, we turned in the last version of the script in May of 2022. Interesting. Okay. And for now looking back uh what was that whole experience like for you obviously doing something new and is it something that you'd want to do again in the future um yeah it was it was i mean it was cool um it was a lot of fun to get to kind of like um explore explore a version of that universe um it was uh it was it was it was cool to be able to like you know, take my ideas of like what these characters should be mm -hmm. um, and find a way to apply them to what we were doing in that story. Um, like there are things, you know, I don't know how much I can say about it, so I'm not I don't I don't want to get into like details or anything, but like there are very specific ideas of how I thought Superman should interact with certain people um, and you know, things that I, I genuinely in my heart believe that if Superman were a real person, these are the things that he would do. We had to make it a little cartoony because it is like a cartoon style game and you want, you know, you can't have like this cartoon art and then have Superman giving like a Shakespearean monologue unless that's part of the joke. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, like it, 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 the core of like what I wanted those characters to be 
is there and and what I think that they they you know they represent and 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 how they would actually act that's all there um it was it, it was eye-opening you know because I've always written stuff that is a little bit more of like a passive uh like I've written short stories and I've written comics and both of those um are more passive storytelling than a video game like in a video game for the most part the the player the audience is taking um a part in the storytelling themselves uh and so that it, it was i had to learn how to write like that which i had never done before um it was a little frustrating at times because uh there were you know times when i had to remind the you know the people i worked for the 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 developers like hey I've never done this before. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, you're asking me to do things that I'm learning how to do along the way. And you're not telling me what, like how to fix it. You're just telling me to fix it. Um, and that was frustrating. Um, I, you know, I also worked with some developers who didn't have any idea about what the justice league, like the characters were other than like who they were, you know, and so there were times I'd have to explain like, no, they need to be able, like you need this character to do this because they wouldn't do the thing that you want them to do. And then there was a lot of like, you know, compromise on both sides uh, because, you know, like I'm, I'm a person who believes very strongly in my writing and so I'm gonna fight for it. Um, and I'm sure that they feel the same way about the stuff that they're developing for the game um, and so they're going to fight for it. And then we got to find a way to make both people happy while also remembering that there's a whole audience who's really, that's who the game is for. And you finish the script for the game. When does the script for the DLC start? Um, I don't know. Uh, if there is any DLC, if there's a sequel, I will not be a part of it. Um, we've we've already established that as uh with the company that i won't be coming back interesting okay well i was just trying to get some nuggets out there because i know people have been already clamoring like uh, like excited to play the main game but obviously a lot of people are already curious about the future of it because uh obviously that world uh just league is awesome and the fandom is big and people loved what they saw in the trailer and obviously were, were wanting more yeah um, you know, maybe, sorry, I'm talking with my mouthful. It's fine. Um, there might, there might be some, uh, DLC. Um, I have not, um, I have not spoken to anybody on the development team since basically since I turned in, uh, that last script. Um, so they're, uh, essentially, um, I turned in the last script and they were just like, cool, your portion of this is done. We're going to keep going. We'll tell you when it comes out. Mm -hmm. and that that's kind of it interesting well i'll i'll be looking forward to seeing your your name in the credits that'll be a, a cool thing to to see uh you know some friends behind something cool because obviously I, I know that they've uh, done other games before i wasn't interested in but this is something that i'm actually interested in so I, i'm stoked to to play it and the the release date is march 10th march 10th yeah okay and it's basically out on every system um, yep which is which is good because you know, it gives more accessibility to everybody because not everybody has like 
you know the most current systems um, for me i'm i'm gonna get it on steam uh and i, I know people are getting it on switch so I, I i like that it's on everything and i think um i want i do want to emphasize like a lot of people um they you know like like outright who is the publisher outright games released the trailer and a lot of the big comments that i've seen from people is this like Oh God, I can't believe they're making a kid's game with the Justice League, which is like, to me, that's already a dumb comment to make, mm -hmm. but you know, it does, it, 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 it does bring about like a concern that people have. That's just like, you know, the, the potential for these stories, um, uh, for these characters, there's potential for, um, really adult storytelling. And, um, I guess adult storytelling isn't the right term, but like mature storytelling, mm -hmm. um, in a way when i say mature i mean a way that like i don't mean like you know like violence or anything like that but like storytelling that appeals to the intellect and appeals to the emotion in ways that uh uh when people think of kids media they don't think of that stuff and i think that the script the story does do that it's obviously very cartoony and and it's silly in parts um but I think that it it touches on issues um, in ways that maybe you're not expecting, uh, and also like talks about um, certain like like there's a socio uh, a socio emotional aspect to superheroes. Um, and, and there's no way to get around that. There just is. There's also an underlying political current to every superhero. Um, that stuff is in there. It, 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 it wouldn't have been written by me if that stuff wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking that it's just a throwaway kids game just because of the art style, I would implore people to look at it with a different lens because it's it's got some parts in there you know it's i, I don't it, do i think it's going to make anybody cry no i don't think that but um i do think that there are going to be some parts in there that are, people are surprised by the direction that we went because they don't expect that from a superhero game especially one for you know targeted at at children like that yeah, no, I, I think that that's a nice surprise because uh, I, I was curious, right? I, I read some of the YouTube comments, which can be a little tricky, and I, I saw some negative, but obviously like a lot more positive, just being stoked on uh, another Justice League game. So I, I am looking forward to playing through it and getting to you know play through your script, and I, I am curious to see uh, those uh, deeper storytellings from you. Yeah, I, I I'm. I'm excited to see how it all comes together because like, you know, writing the script is very different from like hearing actors act it out. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and there, there are some big name voice actors in it. Um, you know, like, like, uh, one, the, you know, the ones that, uh, you can hear in, in the, uh, in the trailer, um, you know, uh, uh, Dana Snyder, who did famously did like Master Shake on uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force is Mr. Mr. Mixie Spitlick, mm -hmm. um, the main villain. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it's cool for me to hear 
like a, a, a voice actor whose work I know and respect, like reading words that I wrote. That's a very cool thing for me. The same thing with like um, Superman is played by Nolan North, who people know from the Uncharted movies. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I you know, I, I, I or, sorry, not the Uncharted movies, the Uncharted games. He was in the Uncharted movie, though. Um, he has a little cameo. Uh, and then like Diedrich Bader plays Batman and Diedrich Bader played Batman in uh, uh, the uh, uh, Brave and the Bold cartoon, um, as well as like, you know, I, I when I think of Diedrich Bader, I think of the Drew Carey show and I think of Office Space. Mostly I think of Office Space. Mm-hmm. So to me, the fact that I wrote some lines that the guy who yells out, hey, Peter, man, turn on Channel 9. It's the breast exam. That's that's something that like I get to put on a resume, uh, my own personal resume that n- not many people can say. You know, that's exciting for me. Yeah, I think it's awesome too for someone like you, especially who uh, has loved reading comic books, big part of your life to actually be able to work on something that's like official. So to be able to have just to be a part of that history, I I think is amazing. Yeah, I got I got to uh, have some cool moments where. um, For example, like I posted on my TikTok about like the game, you know, whenever they announced it and stuff like that. And I've made a few videos here and there. And uh, one guy one time was just like, it's cool that you did this and all, but it's definitely going to get like taken down for copyright. And I was just like, it won't because it's made by DC. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, oh, oh, I didn't realize that. And I was just like, yeah, like. Yeah, like this is official. This isn't some bootleg stuff that I, I just like cooked up with my friends. Like, no, this is backed and licensed and it's the real thing. Yeah. Like from what I, you know, I, I personally didn't have any um, contact with Warner Brothers or, or anybody at DC, but I know that DC had to read like people at DC had to read the script. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I understand, uh, Jim Lee, who, uh, you know, if people don't know Jim Lee. Jim Lee is like one of the he's he's one of the greatest comic book artists of all time mm-hmm. um, for, you know, like like he was the guy who rebooted. He rebooted uh, X-Men at Marvel and his X-Men number one, the one that he did the uh, the art for is to this day, the highest selling single issue comic book of all time. And then at its at the height of his popularity, he and a few uh, a bunch of other artists quit uh, Marvel to form Image Comics because they knew that they were getting screwed at at Marvel. And so, like he created, he helped create Image Comics. And then he went back to he went to DC and became a, a co-publisher there. So he's like he's a big deal in the comic world, and. Uh, you know, he had to read my script at one point. And like, that's wild to me. That is crazy. I, I've met Jim Lee at uh, some conventions. Legend for anyone who is not familiar. Uh, that is crazy to think that that guy read your script. He's from, he, I mean, he's not originally from, but like he grew up in my hometown too, which is, I think, you know, we'll, we'll claim him as our own. Yes. Uh, he, 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 emig- his family emigrated from South Korea to St. Louis and he was going to Washington University in St. Louis to be a doctor when he read 
The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller. And he was just like, I'm quitting being a doctor. I'm going to be a comic book artist. And that's what he did. And he did it very well. Super successful. He, he's a legend. He, he's amazing. And I hope uh, you know people who are, are not familiar, you know, look him up and get familiar because he's he's seriously amazing. And I'm and meeting him at, at a convention, just amazing human being. Super nice. I've I've yet to meet him um, because like any convention that he's been at that I'm at, it's just like you got to line up at six a.m. Mm-hmm. when they don't even open mm-hmm. until seven to be able to to get to talk to him by 9 p.m. It's crazy. Well, maybe one day you're just at the local market and you cross paths. Well, I I, I don't want to say too much. Okay. I don't want to say too much. But uh, because of, you know, like it's my like character analysis stuff on TikTok is partially how I got this job. Um, like working for this stuff because it was like Bren, when he suggested me, he had to prove this guy knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. So he he had to show them uh, some of my 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 TikToks and um, a lot of it was like character analysis, specifically of DC characters. Um, and because of that, like I've gotten, I've become like internet friends via TikTok with people who work on books at DC, like people who are who are writing there now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like one person in particular uh, I've communicated with a few times and he, you know, uh, he, he talked to me about the game and he was just like, do you want to write comics? And I said, yeah, like I, if I could do like stuff at DC, that'd be great. Like that would be, you know, that's a long term goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of was just like, when that game comes out, have a, a, a portfolio of some finished shorts ready to go and like we can maybe like get this in front of some editors and, and you can, you know, use that as you're in and like, Hey, I made this game. I wrote this script that you supposedly loved. Like, let's, let's see what we can do now. That is insane, but I think it's awesome. I, I hope you hundred percent follow up with that. And that would be really amazing to be able to buy a DC comic book written by you. Yeah. I, I mean, I would lose my mind if that was the case. And I am curious how that whole process works because you hear, okay, this this series is um, starting over. Here's the new creative team. Like, does the company pick the team, or do like the writers get to choose? Like, hey, I want to write the next like Daredevil, like you know, saga. Basically, um, what I've put together just from reading um, or like listening to writers and and artists. tell their stories of how they got their big break. Um, a lot of that stuff is done at conventions. Um, so like, for example, Scott Snyder, uh, who um, Scott Snyder wrote the entire new 52 Batman line. Mm-hmm. Um, he and Greg Capullo were the only, they had the only book that did not change creative teams, both and, and lasted the entire uh, uh, new 52 era. Um, Scott Snyder got his start because he was at he he was at conventions and he managed to like talk to the right people and uh he was writing he was writing like a book he had like a book of short stories out at that point um and uh uh 
at a convention, somebody knew his his book of short stories and said, like, what do you think? Would you want to write superheroes? And he kind of was just like, yeah. And they, you know, so the, the story that he tells is that it was a uh, it was a married. Uh, uh, they were editors and they they were married to each other. And one of them worked at Marvel and one of them, one of them worked at DC. And they both invited him just to come pitch like, hey, tell us what ideas you have with our characters. And famously at DC, he pitched an Alfred story or uh, no, not an Alfred. Sorry, uh, a Jim Gordon story. Um, and they turned him down because they were like, Jim Gordon doesn't sell books. But if you can turn that into a Batman story, then we can talk about it. And that idea was the Black Mirror. Crazy. Which is like one of the best Batman stories ever. Well, I hope after this game comes out, people recognize your talents. And I'm, I'm telling you, that would be crazy to, to, to be able to uh, buy something uh, like that, an actual comic book. I Yeah, I think it'd be great. I mean, I, I you know, I, I eventually, eventually I want to write, you know, like do creator owned comics on a, a longer scale like that. You know, that's what I would love to do. But hey, get me doing some shorts at DC to start out, you know, and like the crazy thing is that in some regard, you know, like that sounds like it could be a possibility for me. Um, be just because of this opportunity that I was given. Yeah. And, I, and I, I can believe it. I, that's, that's the part that like, you know, like you sit at, like when when we're all young we sit and we think about like the cool things that we would want to do mm-hmm. you know like i remember being like oh i can't wait to be in a band and and you know touring and make that my job and i never made touring my job but i was you know i was in a band that toured a good amount mm-hmm. and had some semblance of success you know and there were parts of my life when i would think about Oh, it'd be cool to tour Europe. I never got to tour Europe because our band broke up before we got the opportunity, before the plans were solidified. But there were people asking us to tour Europe, like like people like, hey, this booking agency would be like, hey, we're we're interested. Would you like to come tour Europe? You know, and so I remember sitting there thinking like. Like this has no longer been just will this happen like oh that it'd be cool if that happened now it's like there is a possibility that this could happen and i have that same feeling now Mm -hmm. it may be like the touring europe thing and that it it doesn't happen and it falls through but it feels closer now than like 10 years ago when i thought to myself oh how cool would it be if i got to write a comic that's wild well Drew, I feel like you are on the right path because to be able to have you know written something that's a, an official DC thing that, that that's really cool, and for me, just uh, you know, obviously following you on TikTok and knowing your knowledge, that's why I have you here talking the DC stuff. Uh, I, I I really do hope all that stuff comes true because uh, I think you definitely deserve it, and it would be an, an awesome thing, uh, not just for you, but for someone like me who. Uh, uh, you know, would be looking forward to be reading something written by somebody who is an actual fan that knows of the history and knows these characters. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I would like to. Uh, I got ideas, man. I got them. 
I got them. The thing, the thing, the one thing people always ask me, what's your dream? Oh, you can write for DC Comics. What would you do? The first story that I would ever try to like get out into the world is a coming of age story uh, team up between uh, Shazam and uh, Damian Wayne. That's the one story I want to tell because you can juxtapose the two of them so well because Damien, like it would be a story about having to grow up too fast with Damien. It's like he lost his innocence at a very young age and he had to learn how to be an adult at a time when he wasn't his, like his, his intellect wasn't ready for him to be an adult. Mm-hmm. And with Billy Batson, it's, not the same thing, but he does have to learn how to quote grow up really fast because that's what Shazam is. It's putting him into the body of an adult. Interesting. Okay. And like growing up, like, like same timeline, different places or them together together. Like it'd be like, it would be like a team up. Um, it would put them in a situation where they have to, uh, work together. Um, and and it would be just like a character study between the two of them. Okay. Well, when you make it in there, try to infiltrate and write some dead man stuff or figure out why dead man's not getting more love. That's the one character that I, I, I I'm yeah. obsessed with. Dead man's a character. That's the, those are the kinds of characters that I would like to write mm-hmm. is like, I'm not interested in writing a Batman story, like a full long Batman story. Not at least, you know, now anyway, I don't think I'm smart enough to come up with a good mystery, but like I could write a dead man story. I could write a wild dog story. I'd love to write wild dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think that I could do, uh, uh, I think I could do some Superman stuff. All right. you know, meta metamorpho would be a big one for me meta I, I would love to write metamorpho well like i said i i, I hope it happens <clears throat> but I, I and i'm curious okay but before we got into the whole video game talk uh we were on different pages i'm, I'm curious what you were um, referencing about talking I, about i thought you were going to ask me about this reunion show that we're playing N- well i i wasn't but i, I was building up to that obviously <sighs> Uh, time and pressure uh, playing a reunion show at the end of this month. Um, obviously, the circumstances are uh, rough, but I'm, I'm just curious, uh, you know, for you right now, how are you doing mentally w- um, with this whole situation? Um, I mean, I'm 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 OK. Um, it's it's very weird. Um, I don't know how many how many people listening to this already know, but, uh, you know, our, our, um, our, our, our bass player died, uh, very suddenly at the beginning of December. Um, and it was, uh, it was, it was a tragic, I mean, uh, all death is tragic, but it was, it was a, it was a tragedy. Um, uh, I don't know the circumstances of it, um i don't know all the details uh i didn't ask his family that stuff Mm -hmm. but um yeah i mean it it it, um it happened and then his mother um kind of asked that the band 
really i mean i think it first came about is that uh she um asked uh somebody in the band to like put together um a like a benefit show or a memorial show of some kind and of course the person in our band that that's james james is always the guy who handled all of the organization for mm -hmm. stuff i mean he booked all kinds of shows when he lived here um but then the conversation kind of became like, should we play it? Like it is, you know, does it seem weird if we do? And uh, I think, I think um, his mother was kind of just like, yes, you should, you know? Um, I think it makes sense for us to play it. You know, if it's going to be like a memorial, a, a memorial show, um, it, it would make sense for us to play because he was part of what made our shows great and he was part of what made like our our songs great um and 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 so you know in a way like it's going to be you know it's going to be this big celebration of who he was that's why like the bands who are playing are like people who are friends with him chemical fix is coming to play um and 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 you know they're they're like bands that he was friends with there were a few that we reached out to but we couldn't get um because of timing or whatever you know yeah. obviously it's coming together very quickly um but but yeah and so uh the other thing is that um the reason why you know it's not just a memorial it's also a fundraiser because uh blake's mother um is uh, putting together a foundation in his name um, f to prevent uh, uh, young people taking their own lives. Uh, so I've t I, at, at his, uh, uh, his funeral, um, I talked to her about it and, and she explained, you know, um, a lot of it is going to be just allocating money to make sure that like, if you need help, you get the help even if you can't afford it mm. you know and so like that's where a lot of this money is going to be going i mean every dollar that we take in is going to be going to that and there was a gofundme that that uh to cover the funeral expenses um after that was covered i mean a lot of money went into that fund um already so we're just trying to pack that bank as much as we possibly can um and so, yeah, it's going to be uh, on January 28th here in St. Louis. Um, it's it's us, uh, Chemical Fix, uh, the band Direct Measure, um, and then Squint, who is from here, uh, who is uh, uh, Dave from our band. That's his new band, um, one of his new bands. He's in a lot. Uh, and yeah, um, I don't know. It's just been I have. Uh, I have a comp I have I have a, a strange relationship with the concept of death. Um, it's 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 sad to me, but it's not something that makes me like break down and cry and like lose my focus. Um, so through all of this, I've been very upset but I haven't like shied away from making people know that like this show is happening. It's there to remember Blake. That's what it's for. 
Um, it's there to help his family create this thing that they want to make to keep their son's memory alive and hopefully, you know, make sure stuff like this doesn't happen again. Yeah, I, I'm not going to pretend that I'm not excited to play another show because um, I am. I, I think that I made it abundantly clear to anybody who would ask. I did not want our band to break up. I wanted us to play more shows. Um, I wanted us to keep going. Um, but, you know, now there is a uh, there's a bittersweetness to it. Mm -hmm. um, knowing why we're doing it. I mean, that's, you know, that that's it's definitely going to add a different color to uh, to the air that night. Yeah, I'm I'm sad because my first time that I was supposed to see you guys was here in California uh, back in 2020. Obviously, the tour didn't happen because of COVID and just with life and timing, I, I wasn't ever able to see you guys. And I'm happy that I'm going to be able to finally see you guys live, but it is bittersweet that it has to be under these circumstances. Like my first time meeting all of you, uh, well, the, the majority of you in person is going to be that weekend. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it feels like it kind of feels like that might be, um, the story for a lot of people because um, I don't like we put out that record we put it halfway down and then we kind of broke up before we ever really got to play on it mm -hmm. and we did two shows after it came out because it, it came out and COVID was still a thing and then like we we, we only got to play the two shows uh, for it at all Um, but I've you know, me being the type of person that I am, like I've looked into how people have connected with that record. Um, and it seems like a lot of people did in that time between our last show to now. Um, and so I think there's going to be a lot of people who are coming to the shows, uh, coming to that show, um, who maybe have, have, have never seen us before and who are like taking the one opportunity they can. I mean, I, I, I don't know if that's the case, but it seems like it will be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are in my shoes. Cause I still say, you know, publicly and proud that I, I think that that record that you guys put together halfway down is one of the best hardcore records to this day. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I appreciate that. I, I like that record a lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, you know, I've always said you shouldn't make a record if it's not, if you're not making something that you would want to listen to and halfway down is like a record that I would absolutely love if I wasn't in the band. Mm -hmm. And one thing I am curious about, uh, there was talk of you guys playing act like, you know, why didn't that happen? If you can speak uh, about it. I, well, I can, I mean, I I'll tell you about it. Um, so the fest was happening. James was kind of like putting, helping to put it together or, or work on it or something. Um, I don't really know exactly what his capacity was, but um, he was working with the organizer and uh, Aaron, the organizer kind of just said like, what do you guys think about? Like, would it, would it be funny if you guys played? And we're, you know, I think James at first kind of dismissed it. And then, and then he thought about it and he was just like, I mean, 
So Squint is playing and Dave's already going to be there. And I was planning to go just in general. Mm -hmm. And uh, like Blake was going to be there seeing Chemical Fix probably. So we were like, we're almost all going to be there. What if we just did? And like, we just did it as a secret. We didn't tell anybody. And we ran it by our drummer and he kind of took a little bit of convincing because um, he kind of was just like, nah, I like the way we left it. Um, and he said, but if you want to do it, get a fill in and I won't be mad. Mm -hmm. So we had a friend in, in town who had expressed interest in it. And then when we told uh, uh, our drummer, like, oh, by the way, this guy's uh, we just want to make sure it's cool. This guy said he'll do it. Uh, he kind of just said, oh, man, that guy's a better drummer than me, which means that I have to do it now. <laughs> and so we were all on board um, and we were kind of talking about it, you know, like, oh, you know, maybe if this goes well, if people seem into it, maybe it's something like we can play more shows like, you know, if it makes sense to do it like it's not we'll just we'll just kind of like slowly come out of, you know, ah, you know what? We thought we were breaking up, but then we realized we liked this and we missed it. So maybe we'll keep doing it. And it was just like, there's no reason why we can't do that. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, it's not like we have to get other businesses involved or anything like that. We're not getting lawyers or anything into it like a big name group would. We're just, you know, we're just people who, you know, life happened. And then now it seems like, you know what? We can make it work, whatever. Um, and, and, and Blake was kind of just like, I don't, he, you know, he was on board and then he kind of came back and he's just like, you know, I don't know that I want to do it. It feels like, you know, like we did the show, we did the last two shows, we, we put it to bed and it seemed like we ended on our own terms. And I don't know that I want to come back and do it again. So we told Aaron, like we weren't going to do the show. And then a couple, maybe a couple weeks later, maybe a month later, I don't know. Uh, Blake was talking to, uh, to James and he just mentioned, um, you know, it'd be one thing if it was like we were going to play more shows, but just doing one in Oklahoma, like almost like just over a year after we initially split up seems weird. And James is just like, do you not remember the conversation where we talked about possibly doing more? And Blake had completely missed all of that. Uh, and he kind of was just like, well, if I known that, I would have said, yes, we, we can we can do it. Um, by that point, though, uh, you know, some of the other guys were just over it and they didn't mm -hmm. they didn't even want to open up the conversation mm -hmm. again. And so, yeah, that's that's why it didn't happen. That's crazy. Well, it, like I said, it's uh, unfortunate, like for these circumstances for the 28th to happen, but uh, I, I'm just happy that everybody, uh, not just time pressure, but all the other bands, uh, you know, getting together and being able to play the show, uh, you know, for this benefit. I'm, I'm just happy that everybody's down to, to do that. Yeah, I am too. Um, I mean, it's going to be a good show. Um, I think if anything, it might um, 
it might add like a little bit of closure, at least to our band. Cause I personally don't feel like we really got it. Um, and so now it's kind of just like, well, now it's, now it's there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it just, it, uh, again, like it just sucks that these are the circumstances for it. You know? No, I 100% agree. And since time and pressure decided to, to hang it up, have you had any thoughts or any, uh, you know, movement on starting a, a new band. I have, um, I have s- gotten together with some people to like play, to play some music. Um, it's just moving very slowly, mm-hmm. uh, and then like things keep getting in the way, and you know, um, everybody's busy and and whatnot. Um, but uh, I go, I get, I get. Uh, I have these days where just like, I really miss being in a band. Mm -hmm. Um, And so those are the days when I'm just like, "Ah, I I really should do something again. And, and so, um, yeah, I, 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 I've thought about it. I've tried. Maybe something will happen, but it just seems like if it is, it's going to be a while from now. Okay. Well, I am looking forward to, getting down there at the end of the month somewhere uh, new I, I i've never been there uh in the, in the 34 years that i've been alive i've never been to st louis so i'm really curious to see what it's going to be like when i'm down there well uh it, it's you know i uh, it might be cold i don't know it's not cold today but you know like a uh, two weeks ago it was there was a snowstorm so Okay. Yeah. I have a buddy. Um, shout out to my buddy, Andy. He has family that lives in the area and he was there over, uh, I think over Christmas, if I remember correctly. And you said it was like negative, like two degrees. Yeah, it was, it was, there were, there were a few days. It was like, I mean, I think it got to like below five at one point. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was cold. And then the last couple of days, I mean, it's been in the sixties. Okay. And that's fine for me because that that's normal. That's not like too cold for me being in the sixties. Like when it gets down to the forties and the thirties, that's where I'm like, all right, this, this is weather is not what I'm used to. That's, that's where you should expect it to be if you're here. Okay. Interesting. Cause that's, that's pretty normal for January. It's wild. And, um, obviously you're familiar with squint. I'm, I'm curious. Have, have you been to that hot dog spot that's, um, in the music video? No, I haven't. Um, the, uh, uh, the guitar player, uh, in that band, um, uh, Ian, um, he uh, has some kind of like, he works there, but I think he actually like is, was instrumental in like building it. Mm-hmm. So, or like making the business in some way. I could be wrong about that, but I'm curious. That, that, that's somewhere I want to check out. Uh, how far is that from you? I don't know. That is crazy. We'll have to uh, figure it out. That that'll be our, our our mystery. I'm sure that it's not far. Here, uh, you vamp for a little bit. I'll uh, I'll find out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, breaking news for any for anyone who uh, is listening. Because I have not said that publicly to my knowledge that I am traveling to St. Louis, January 28th for Blake's Memorial show, which I'm excited about. There's a lot of friends. There's people that I've talked to that I told that I was going and they told me the same thing. I was like, I had no idea you were going. It's going to be a great time to be able to see you 
So th th that's surprising to me that there's people that I'm friends with that I didn't even know were making the trip down to St. Louis for that memorial show. There you go. Uh, I thought I was I thought I was unmuted, but I was not. Or I thought I was muted, but then I was not. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, um, it's uh, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be a good show. I hope to I hope to see a lot of people. I mean, that's what what uh, I hope, you know, like like. When I tell you that. When I tell you that so many people were friends with Blake. I, I it, it is like people can tell you that people can say those words, but to put that in perspective so that you actually understand. Blake's funeral. Um, it seems by the location of it and the location of like, you know, you know, after funerals, they like go get food somewhere and, mm -hmm. you know, um, the location of the funeral, the church where it was, and the location of like the after the get together afterward. Um, it seemed like maybe his family was expecting at most 50 people. Um, 400 people showed up. People like flew from all over the country to, to come. Um, he meant a lot to a lot of people. And, and, and so, I mean, it seems like this show is going to be a way to get as many of his friends in one room as possible. Um, in a, in, in a look, in a, uh, not a location, but in a, um, a situation where real, like the real Blake can be remembered. Um, you know, cause he was a guy who like, if you ever saw him at a show, he was the guy who like was constant in constantly in motion. I mean, he sang along to every band he knew, uh, the ones he didn't know the words to, he danced around. Um, he loved stage dives as much as I do, you know, and, and I can't think of any better way to honor him than by jumping off of things. It's going to be a good time. I'm definitely looking forward to getting out there at the end of the month, getting to be able to see everybody. Um, all it's, of uh, that, oh. that, uh, hot dog place is, uh, uh, about 26 minutes from my place, by the way. Okay. Well, if we have time, because uh, I, I I know you mentioned uh, moving. I don't know if you want to talk about that publicly, but obviously that's a big deal. I mean, yeah, my um, so my girlfriend and I are moving in together, um, and my lease ends a couple days after that show. So it seems like that weekend is going to be the only time that I actually can like move some stuff. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't even have a new apartment. I, like, I don't have a new place picked out yet. We haven't done that yet. Um, so we have a few weeks to do it, but well, I'm happy that you're, you're going to get a new place. Uh, I'm happy to be able to be able to see the old place before you, you, you leave there, but you know, there's not much to it. It's basically what you see here is, mm -hmm. is, is what it is. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 I jokingly, uh, very jokingly, was just like, "Yeah, but uh, if you're gonna stay here, you got to help us move." 
Uh, I was kidding when I said that. I, I want to make that abundantly clear. But we might have to, like, that Sunday that you're here, we might have to be moving some stuff to a new place. Yeah, and like I said, I'm more than willing to. So um, I'll be happy to be able to uh, be a part of that part. So no issues on my end. Yeah, it'll be uh, <laughs> you and uh, Tyler Maza from Crafter uh, sleeping here. And uh, I'm going to tell him the same thing. Like, hey, listen, if you're going to stay here, you got to lift some boxes. No problem. All right. Well, Drew Maxey, I appreciate your time today. Before we go, is there anything else you would like to say? Um, I mean, like, I don't know. I, if, if you can go to that show, anyone listening to this, if you had any interest at all in our band, I, I really hope that you can come. Um, I know that that's a lot to ask for some people, but, um, just because it, you know, there's travel involved and, and stuff like that. Um, but I, I, I it, it 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 is going to such a good cause um, that I don't mind literally begging people to be there. So that's 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 what I'm gonna do. Uh, I've I've just been trying to tell as many people as possible, please be there. We want you to be there. We want you to come and have a good time, and just come and remember our friend who, you know. We, we just, we don't get to see him anymore. All right. Well, Drew, appreciate your time. I will see you at the end of the month. Thank you everybody for tuning in and we'll be back soon.